What is happening, guys? This is Alex Osterley, and thanks for tuning in to the 13th episode of Food Marketing Nerds. Now, I don't know about you guys, but it feels like every other week I hear about yet another food company being acquired by an industry beast for tens and even hundreds of millions of dollars. It's encouraging for food entrepreneurs, knowing that many of these companies started with good old-fashioned grassroots marketing. But does that type of marketing approach even work anymore? Well, today's guest will be the first to say that, yes, it absolutely does. Hannah Kohlberg is the bean queen, aka handler of many things, including marketing, for a company called Better Bean Co. She's been using some really creative, not to mention super effective ways to leverage this new landscape of marketing and PR to grow her business one cheeky grassroots marketing effort at a time. On today's episode, you're going to learn what strategies work to drive measurable ROI with in-store demos, where to start out to build a successful brand ambassador program, how to indirectly help customers find your products on the shelves, and a whole lot more. So let's go talk with Hannah. Welcome to the Food Marketing Nerds Podcast, where we talk marketing, branding, and social media with the smartest minds in the business. Here's your host, Alex Osterly. Perfect. So I'm with Hannah Kohlberg, who is the bean queen of the Better Bean Co. Thanks so much for being on the show, Hannah. Thank you, Alex. I'm so excited. Well, we're excited to have you on. Do you mind giving us a little bit of insight into Better Bean Co. and what really makes you guys different from, say, a Bush's or a Progresso or the other bean companies that are out there? Yes, definitely. Um, they're, they're better beans. They're sold refrigerated rather than canned. So it's a home-cooked flavor, texture, the whole experience. Um, it's really It's actually one of my dad's original recipes that we really wanted to bring to the world and couldn't deal with canning it because canning the process um, hurts the flavor, texture, and actually nutrient uh, profile and accessibility. So we brought them fresh and we're seeing that there's a real um, interest and demand for, for fresh beans because people are, are all in, in all areas of life are looking for fresh foods, the most nutritious foods, uh, foods that really um, nourish their bodies free of any potential chemical additives or um, BPA leaching into their their product. So it's really exciting. I don't mean to dog canned beans because I just want people to eat beans, period, because they're so nutritious and there is a real place in the world for canned beans. uh, And it really enables a lot of people to eat beans. And I love the people who cook their own beans as well, uh, but we're trying to offer, you know, kind of just a great option um, in the middle of those two options for people. Great. And so you said it was you, it's you and your dad? Yes, me and my father. Uh, my father is really the, the genius behind the brand. He uh, developed the, his original recipe while he was in college. He was vegetarian, went down to Mexico, fell in love with refried beans, then realized they were fried in lard. So he quickly developed his own recipe. My sister and I grew up eating, and it was one of this, it's just like one of these family meals that just brought everybody together. People really liked it. And when it, we had the down economy a few years ago, 
my dad was on a hike and he asked himself, well, what do I have to offer the world? And the first thing that came to his mind was, well, everyone really likes my beans. So he started to investigate this. And at that same time, I had um, started working on an organic farm, uh, learning about food systems, and became very passionate about food system change and really helping cultivate a new food economy uh, for our planet. And um, I saw what my dad was doing and I, I you know, cheered him on at first while I was still in college and then and then joined him and I honestly I thought my route was going to be policy work and then I saw very quickly that in um, the policy group that I was in in Portland we were sort of talking in circles and would always just go back to oh the farm bill and wouldn't really get anything done and with my business I was changing people's lives every single day or you know every time I was at the farmers market or you know just people people were really excited about what we were doing and would be so grateful I was like okay this there's something interesting okay and I started to realize that wow business can actually make social impact you know impact the lives of people in terms of nutrition and health and then also in terms of where we're choosing to source our our product and the ingredients we're using and uh, the materials we're sourcing and just how we we build our business and we're actually a, a benefit corporation which is a b corp so that's a really cool thing um and part of all of what we're doing. Uh, but it was a really nice synergy between my father and I, and uh, we balance each other out <laughs> really nicely. I was, I was wondering, does that ever get tough, a father-daughter team working together in a business? Oh, sure, you know. Uh, <laughs> but we, we really love each other. And actually, for the first, uh, gosh, three, four years of the business, I lived at home with him, too. So we were, and we worked out of our home. And then we had an office after that, but um, we were we were together all the time. And what actually has been the most difficult is me transitioning into having my own family because we used to have sort of informal meetings all of the time <laughs> over the dinner table, uh, just you know, in passing, breakfast time, random inspirations here and there. And um, now we have to formalize that relationship, and that that's been the biggest challenge for us. And so it sounds like better being got its start a few years ago. I mean, it, it was kind of in the works a long time ago, back when your dad was in college. Can you give us a little bit of a synopsis on how Better Bean Company went from being just that idea, um, or even when when your dad was walking or taking a hike and, and realized that it could actually be uh, a viable option to start a, a company around this this really delicious bean recipe, to how, did, how has it grown into to what it is today? What are some of the, the big steps and the big hurdles that uh, you guys had to overcome to build it to where it is? One thing with our product that has been both, you know, a challenge and is the blessing is that it's a new category. It's a new concept where, you know, we're not making a popcorn. People get popcorn. They get how to use popcorn. We're, we're making fresh, ready-to-eat beans. So they're beans in a totally different area of the store than people are used to finding them. So a lot of people just think we're a bean dip, which is great. You can use it as a bean dip. People love eating them just straight from the tub as a snack. But really, we want to enable people to cook quick, easy meals at home that are healthy and you know, great for the whole family. So we need to do education. And when people see our product, they also think beans, huh? You know, and they, there's a few taboos against beans in America in particular. And so people are a little wary of it. And they're like, I don't know what it's going to taste like. There's, you know, 
beans aren't really looked to for amazing flavor. That's not, that's just not what beans are known for in the United States. They're sort of a, um, a filler in soups or a filler in burritos or, um, you know, something on the side of your plate in a Mexican food restaurant and you're really focused on the, you know, the star item or whatever, the meat. Um, and we wanted to bring beans center plate and it's just this amazing experience, which is how we've experienced them in our lives. And there are, you know, bean lovers out there that are just, you know, just head over heels for beans and they eat beans no matter what in all sorts of ways and, and really, you know, love beans. But they're, you know, for the majority of people, they're a little wary of beans. So we have to do a lot of tasting. We do demos in stores, events, so people can taste our product, see the difference, see that it's not crazy salty, see that it has a really nice complex flavor, sort of a layering and experience, um, that it's not over the top spicy, but there's a nice, you know, little spice to some of them and some of them are really mild and see which ones work for them too. Because if you have a few different SKUs in front of you, you're like, well, which one do I even buy, right? Um, so people want to be able to taste all of them and know, okay, this one will be good for my kids. This one will be a really nice one for my husband and I, or, you know, we can bring this one to a party and this one we'll use to make soups, um, whatever. Uh, so demoing has been very important for us and it's expensive, um, but it's amazing. There, you know, we really value our brand ambassadors who are out there, uh, promoting our beans to people. My dad and I, we do a ton of demos. We've done a ton of demos. I mean, that's what we kind of just, we're out doing all the time and then events for, for many years of the business. And now we're, you know, it just, the reality was that we needed to be in 20 different places at once. So we couldn't do it all ourselves. So we have this amazing team of people that, that work with us. But again, that's expensive. So we have some amazing um, people who have come on board to support our brand and our concept and the majority of our investors are impact investors. They see what we're doing as having a greater impact than just making money and that it's not just, hey, cool new product, we're going to make a bunch of money on it, but really this is, this is a kind of a long game towards helping people change their dietary habits and it's and it's part of this shift in America towards being more conscious about our food intake and it's about shifting our farmland away from agriculture and animal agriculture that's very intensive on the land and causes a lot of uh, greenhouse gas gas um, emissions to crops that actually nourish the soil and you know, they get again you know foods that nourish our bodies as well so we have some really amazing people that have come on board to support the idea of inspiring more people to eat beans <laughs> definitely so it sounds like I mean, you guys have a, a great mission uh, the st sustainability factor is what's really fueling these impact investors to help you guys out and it sounds like you have these ambassadors who are on the front lines getting the words out the word out there for you is that the most effective way that you found to to really communicate to your potential and, and current consumers that that uh, hey we're better bean co we're not we're in the we're in the refrigerated aisle it's section and not in the bean aisle like a typical uh, canned bean company would be so is what is the most effective way that you found to get the word out there 
That's a great question. And I, I will say we're still figuring that out and it's definitely a mix. Since we are a smaller company with limited distribution, we're actually, you know, right now we're, we're in a pretty good spot and we're in most states across the, the country, a country, but still, you know, mostly in select natural food stores, except for the West Coast. Um, so people don't see us everywhere. So why demos are important for us is that we meet the customers who are already shopping at that store right there where they are. Um, social media is a kind of a wider uh, mouth. Event marketing is a wider, you know, you're just getting a mass of people. We've really enjoyed event marketing because it really fills our, our souls and just like, oh, this is so amazing. Everyone's so excited about what we're doing. And um, they go out there and, and, and try and find better beans, but they might not be as close to that grocery store that we're actually sold in. Um, and we, you know, so we haven't seen like the best coupon redemption rates from events, although we, we continue to do them and, and really we're now focusing on doing events in the markets that we have the, the deepest pre- penetration and then just focusing on demos in those areas where we are, we are new. Um, the other thing of course that has been uh, amazing for growing our brand is some major major bloggers like the hungry girl posted about our our being sent out an email newsletter and you know I spent the whole next day just on the phone with people trying to find our product but again that's kind of this you know chicken egg thing so you you know you want to get this press and you know spend time working with these influencers to tell other people about your beans but then there's a lot of people who they reach that can't buy your product uh, so we're, we're, you know, kind of inching our way, taking one step here, one step there, one step here. And we've grown more region by region by region, which has been, you know, I think it's been a little bit challenging for my father. But if I were talking to a new food company that is thinking about how to grow and they have a fresh product like ours, because if you have something that's light and shippable, you know, go social media crazy, <laughs> you know, you just sell online, you know, forget about the stores that are, are um, you know, half joking, but really, um, but if you, <laughs> if you have a fresh product, you need to depend on refrigeration. So you have refrigerated trucks, you have, you have to be in stores with refrigerators, <laughs> you know, and you have a shelf life. So you have to ensure enough turns so you're not spoiling product out that's the worst thing no one wants food waste uh so uh you do have to grow more slowly more consciously and really go deep rather than wide you know we're a concept that needs to be really nurtured and and you know hey you know come and try this and really see what we're about because there's so much noise in the grocery store there's so many different things going on so many new products so you know why would a person pick your product out of so many others all right so just in general from a, a marketing or communication standpoint since that's really what you're you're focusing on now is there something that that you now know that you really wish you would have known when you were first getting into the marketing and communications for better bean co um wow <laughs> so many things <laughs> so many things um i mean it's a changing it's a changing game all the time i think the biggest thing that i wish i knew was 
really the importance of demos because we've experimented some years without with doing not doing them and focusing on event marketing more focusing on press and there's something magical about that actual direct consumer experience where they're tasting your product. You know, there's that saying that a customer needs to see your brand seven times before they buy. And so it's seven different exposures or seeing it on the shelf, seeing it in a magazine, um, seeing it at a friend's house, whatever. I think the demo experience at least counts for if if they really stay there and taste a few and have a conversation with the brand ambassador. I think the demo experience counts for at least two (laughs) exposures, you know, because they end up bringing it home and they'll see it in their fridge. Then they maybe five, you know, and then they cook with it. Uh, So that I, you know, that, those are really, really important, even though they're expensive and they're, they're a lot of energy also from the entrepreneur because a lot of entrepreneurs do them themselves and you really, you know, and you're out there with people talking. So you're putting out energy and you have to draw in more people and not get put down by someone saying no or not liking your product or whatever. And you just have to, you know, get your energy back up and smile and, you know, put all your passion forward for the next one. So, you know, so again, they're, they're, they're this sort of like, whoa, whirlwind, but they're really, really important. The, the thing that I'm really excited about now and I think is a really, um, really important thing for other brands to think about is really connecting with their core community of customers. Um, you know, there's this sort of, you know, you kind of want to just, okay, we got them down. Let's go get another customer. Let's go get another fan. Let's focus on, oh, here's a whole new region. I want to go out and meet all these new people. But your core customers can be some of the best brand ambassadors, you know, in a different sense of brand ambassador, but they're, they can, they'll tell their friends, they will throw parties and bring your product or go to a potluck, bring your product, um, and tell people about it. I, um, you know, recently heard from a woman. She's like, I think you should send me some coupons because I tell everybody about your beans. <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, I'm going to definitely. I haven't quite sent them yet. I'm going to do that this week. But uh, no, of course. Yes. <laughs> she can have as many as she wants because she's going to pass them out to people. And when someone else tells another person out of the blue about a product or they're standing in the store and they tell you about it, that's a very memorable moment. And, you know, where you're at a friend's house and they t- rave about their this certain product and how much they eat it, that's a very memorable moment because you know, think, well, wow, you know, Susie really likes those beans and she, 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 she eats them multiple times a week. Wow, okay, maybe this is something I want to, you know, try for my family. Um, Whereas, you know, it's, it's sort of easy, it is, you know, again, demos are great, but it's easier to like walk through the store and kind of ignore um, that person because you don't know them or they're not, you know, randomly talking, you know, talking to you or they're not a friend. So your core customer base can be a really huge asset. It sounds like you guys are leaning on these core customers to really spread the word and uh, are incentivizing that through coupon programs. How, how else are you getting them to, to spread the word about Better Bean Co? Are you actually asking them to do so or incentivizing them in some other way? Yeah, I, I actually uh, just launched and, and completed a survey where part of my goal was to understand who our customer was and get their overall feedback and just say, hey, we care about what you think. You know, 
what do you want from us? What do you need? What are you excited about? Um, those sort of things. But then also to say, hey, if you love Better Bean, do you want to join my fan club, basically? You know, do you want to be on a, on a special list of people who will get these special perks and might do special programs? And I might, then I'm going to, you know, go out to them next and really say, hey, help us spread the word. You know, here's what I'm thinking. What level, you know, do you want to engage at and see where people are at and see, you know, how they they want to work with us. And I, I really want to call out my marketing mentor, Jen Scott, who works with fish people in Portland. She has helped me tremendously in um, even coming to this idea. Um, this is an area that she is an expert in. And so, um, definitely talk to her if you want to know, know more about really, you know, building a core customer base and what you're going to do um, with them. She has a little bit more experience than me, and I'm really grateful. And I, I definitely will shout out to everybody that if whatever field you're in, look for a mentor because they can help you in ways that you have no idea. Um, so she she was really um, instrumental in me getting this going, and it makes so much sense sense for Better Being. I have for a long time. We have a page on our website dedicated to the Better Being love and all the comments that we've gotten. So I like to share what people have said, and and I've always had this idea of making our website a community. Um, but she really helped me bridge the gap between the website and what the website will be in terms of a community resource for information on beans and, and recipes and then, you know, the sort of like bean love section and who those people are, you know, and how to get in contact with them. You know, obviously there's people who write us, but there's those other people out there that love our product, eat it all the time, but we haven't actually directly connected yet. And so it's about finding them. Um, I also, after this survey, I've, my next step is going to be doing a survey on our lid and on our, or on our packaging. And, uh, when we launch this new packaging, so we can reach those people who are eating our beans regularly. Because when I did the, the survey, it was to a newsletter list that I've mostly built at events and social media. So those are kind of one set of customers, but, I know I'm missing, our, you know, other people, and I really want to find them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm real. I'm really, really excited about what this means, and then what we can do with these people. And um, kind of one other initiative that I'm planning on doing in this next year is creating a Better Being Community Cookbook because the things that people do with our product is amazing. I mean, uh, I used to have a, a really direct relationship with a lot of our customers at the farmer's market because they come back every single week, buy our beans, you know, we'd have a, a conversation about it or every other week. And um, they would tell me like, oh, I made this amazing casserole or I eat this every day over my salad after my workout and da 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 da, da. And I'm like, wow. You know, I, I, and then I thought for a long time, I really need to record these and, and share these stories with other people because, you know, while I just love them because I'm in love with better being and, and beans, these stories can help change other people's lives and they can say, well, wow, that person is feeling so vibrant and full of life because of the lifestyle choices they're making 
maybe, you know, this is a choice that I can make a small step towards being a healthier me. That's great. And it, it sounds like you guys are, are doing a, a really, really awesome job of, of pulling in these people who are extremely passionate about your product. And from kind of going back to one of your earlier points of how you've really generated this awareness and, and gotten people to fall in love with the brand has been through those demos and events. And what I'm wondering is, as you guys grow and scale to to have distribution across the country, how are you able to, at the same time, scale those those demo and uh, event style marketing efforts to where I mean, you and you and your father are obviously extremely busy, and your time is is limited. So, what does it look like from a logistics standpoint and maybe a cost standpoint of planning those out? At, at stores and finding ambassadors to actually go and promote the product in a way that you would hopefully do it yourself. Definitely. I'll talk about demos and events separately. Because our demos are so important, my dad, our CEO, is in charge of that program. And he puts Craigslist ads out and hires people. And we do work with a few really awesome demo companies as well that have these you know key people. And you know, we look for people who have experience in sales. And I'll, I'll make a little note. Anyone, any brand ambassador who has worked for Adele's Sausage, as crazy as it sounds, are great salespeople because Adele's has a great training program. And they've built their company to, you know, a multi-million dollar company. I'm not even sure how big they are, just with crazy distribution all across the country on demos. And they continue to do demos. I saw them in Costco the other week because they just know it works um, and that they actually have a positive return from their demos. And, and we've actually calculated that as well, that over time, a demo will bring in basically more money than it, than it costs to do. You just have to have that upfront investment in in the demo and and training the brand ambassador and so some of the things we've learned along the way is that I used to give way too much information to a brand ambassador because I wanted them to be able to answer every single question and really what you need to give them are the top things they need to communicate to every single person and you need to encourage them to communicate all of those top five things to each person and make sure that they're not just smiling at people. I see a lot of brand ambassadors who just, you know, they smile and, and I, I walk by, I'm like, you need to say hi to me and you need to ask me, you know, to come over and try what you have because a, a smile just allows people to smile back and keep on a, about their business. So, so we look for people who are really good at calling people over to the table, inspiring them to try multiple flavors and have good sales technique. I'll, I'll, I'll share one from uh, one of our brand ambassadors in, on the East Coast. She will actually ask the person, what's your favorite? And when they say, oh, I love the roasted chipotle bean dip, they have committed to that item. And so then she'll actually pick it up, put a coupon on top, and place it in their hand. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then they have it right there. <laughs> They're like, oh, my goodness. Um, you know, and they can always put it back and say no, but it sort of, you know, it, yeah, people, you know, how they are, they, they actually end up taking it most of the time. And we don't have a, you know, a crazy expensive product that, you know, it's there's it's a big barrier for people, but you know it's kind of easy. It's like okay, you know what I I did say I just liked I do have a favorite. I am gonna take this home, and um, she has 
she has great sales because of it. And she keeps the product on the table with her. We've, you know, experimented with that um, as well. I'm not totally answering your question. I'll, I'll get to like the logistics again. But um, she will keep the product on her table. We thought for a while, oh, we want people to be able to find it on the shelf because then they'll know where it is next time. But you can actually lose customers between your demo table and the shelf no matter how close you are to it. So it's always good to keep some product on your table that they can just take right there with them. Um, but anyways, yeah, the logistics have been a little crazy. Um, we, you know, just were kind of piecing it together here and there. Okay, we have a new region. We need to hire a new person. Or, you know, okay, that person was a, they're a really kind, great person, but they're not working out. They're not, we, you know, we set sales goals that they need to reach so that our demo program is profitable. And so uh, they, you know, we have to let some people go because they haven't reached those sales numbers and find somebody, somebody else. Anyways, right now it's, we're, you know, kind of getting at a, a sticky point where we do need to think about hiring a demo manager who's specifically focused on this and really helping coach people along the way and hiring those people and coordinating things. But one of the best things that we've found for logistics is actually really empowering our brand ambassadors. So they are in charge of their relationships. They're in charge of their scheduling. They're in charge of making sure they have the supplies they need and their whole, you know, their whole experience. We, we train them and we'll send them what they need if they, you know, if they send us an email saying, hey, I need some more coupons or this, that, and the other thing. But they're, they're, really, they're really in charge. And so I think that they enjoy the flexibility of getting to set their own schedule. And it really works for a lot of people. Um, and we're not saying, oh, you have to be there at this time on this day. But they really figure out, you know, where's the balance? Like that they're choosing to be at the store on a certain day, certain time. But they know they want to have the highest sales because we have certain goals in place. Um, so that really works out. And we can be, you know, once a brand ambassador is going, they can really um, operate pretty much independently. Um, and then we'll come back at a quarterly basis and say, hey, we, you know, we want you to do the, this many demos at these stores for the next few months and, and just communicate that way. Uh, in terms of events, I still have been doing all of them and then working with local brand ambassadors. And I've, I've mostly been doing them in locations where I, you know, we're, we're more deeply saturated. So along the West Coast and, and that has worked out pretty well. My dad does events as well and, and we, you know, travel for them and they're a big investment of time and, and resources. And you, you have to get all the supplies, you have to hire people, you, have to, you know, if you're going, you're flying somewhere, you fly there, hotel, all of that. So, you know, I, I'm now focused on, okay, where are places that I can <laughs> stay with my, at my own place or family um, or maybe a friend and, and make the, you know, just kind of cut costs a little bit, but in the next in the next foreseeable future, I mean, we need to uh, either hire somebody internally or work with companies. I've been sort of studying these bigger brands and who they work with, and there's some amazing companies out there that will put together a whole sort of summer tour for a brand and drive an amazing 
kit all across the country, hire people in every location, uh, create awesome swag to hand out, you know, on and on and on. Um, Ragu is an example of, of a company that I've seen that doing some really amazing event marketing this year. Um, and but they're you know they're at a whole much higher level, and kind of overall, we have been advised to uh, maybe cut back on our event marketing at this current juncture because of our distribution. And again, just focus on the demos in the places that we are, even though event marketing is very exciting and enticing because you're like, wow, you're going to reach all these people who are interested in that exact topic. But it is a very big um, investment of time and, and resources. All right. So just one last logistics question as far as uh, the the demo program you guys are, are setting up, how it works. So how... I mean, as far, from the store side, whether it's a, an, an intern or a, somebody who is more focused on, on setting up these these uh, booths in stores, how do you coordinate with the stores um, on a on a quarterly basis to to have somebody come in and actually demo your product? Is that are they pretty willing to to let somebody come in and, and set up a booth? Every store is different. Every Whole Foods is different. So um, it's a little bit, you know, you just have to learn. Um, most stores have a demo contact, you know, but then the smaller stores, you'll actually just will contact your buyer directly and they'll say, go for it. And you know, say, hey, make sure you order enough product in. Um, bigger, you know, we've worked with uh, Kroger in a few different places. Kroger, Ralph's, Fred Meyers, uh, they have, um, a, I don't know, a regional coordinator that you contact and you get 20 dates at a time approved. Whereas smaller stores, you go one to each store at a time and kind of back and forth. And that's why we've really empowered our brand ambassadors to do a lot of the, the for the smaller stores, for the Whole Foods, do their own scheduling um, because it was way too much back and forth when we were in the middle to, hey, <laughs> you know, Sally, is this time work for you? Because that's, you know, what the store said. And they'll be, no, I can do this one. Then you're, you know, you're the in-between and that doesn't work. Um, so it's, it's really about calling up the store saying, hey, who connects, you know, coordinates your demos or when you're in the store, um, who does the demos? And then you get that, collect that contact information and then coordinate. And mostly come, happens over email. Uh, we've done some demos at Costco. Uh, we're at Costco in the Northwest. And you go through their demo, CD, uh, CDS, uh, I believe, um, Costco Demo Services, something like that. CDS. So at Costco, you go through CDS and they there's a one person in charge that you need to get approval from, actually you need to get approval from your buyer. So it takes longer to actually filter down to actually have the demo or the roadshow happen. Again, with the smaller stores, there's some stores you can call the day before and just say, hey, how's it going? You know, can I come in tomorrow for, to do a demo? But most stores, they want about two weeks advance notice about when you want to do the demo. Well, it's it's been it's such a pleasure getting to hear and get your insight into how you've you have taken 
the demo approach and and all the different cool things that you guys have have in the works with with better bean and i think our, our listeners are going to have learned a lot from this episode because i know i have so thank you so much for your time and uh, just a couple more questions that we ask each of our each of our guests that are on the show uh so i i know you, you mentioned the pre-interview i don't know if we mentioned it uh in, in this interview itself but uh you are a mother of two so that that is a big time commitment obviously uh, having your own business and being a co-founder is a, a huge time commitment so are there any productivity hacks if you will that you use to help keep organized or to help make sure that you get everything done um, first off thank you so much for having me on and I do hope that I was helpful for people I, I know I'm maybe not on the uh, most exciting new trend of this, that, or the other thing in terms of marketing, but there's something very real about demos. So thanks for listening and hearing about that. Um, and I, I have to say, I think I'm going to go listen to all of the other podcasts to learn the productivity hacks of all of the other people that you've interviewed because I'm learning. I'm, um, as I said earlier, I am a workaholic who had, who had children and it's like, oh wow, okay, I can't be a workaholic anymore. How do I, you know, how do I balance this? And, um, and also take care of myself and my own body. And um, one thing that I'm working on implementing right now is work, waking up much earlier in the morning and having a little bit of time for myself and just starting my day um, earlier so that I can get going earlier and, and just, you know, feel really alive. I, I used to kind of work really, really late into the night and then kind of, you know, have a weird, a weird morning and I'm, I'm flipping my schedule on it, on its head. And I feel like I have more energy and I'm getting more, more productive. I also, you know, these are sort of basic things, but I've learned not to use my email as my to-do list. And I don't, get stuck on other people's agendas and I do do our customer relations so I need to be on my email and make sure if someone calls or someone emails us that I respond as quickly as I can and I I'm really pride myself in that um, in you know getting people answers because they're asking real you know real real questions and I want to make sure that um, they feel honored as our customer uh, but other than that, I do my best not to um, go down a rabbit hole of what my email is. But I sit with myself and I say, okay, what do I need to work on? What is the biggest project um, that I have to take care of today or, or this week? And um, you know, what are the steps to make that happen? I also used to kind of pile on the to-do list and it was this never-ending list of things I had to do and it overwhelmed me and you know gave me sometimes some anxiety attacks just because there's so much going on and I have learned that you know it's okay to only get two things done you know two but I really get more than that but you know two things <laughs> two things done two major things that are helping bring my you know, brand and my work to the next level. Um, and then to, you know, of course, to kind of keep those other balls rolling and check in with that person that you're waiting on or this, that, and the other thing. Um, and to organize, you know, organize them by day. Okay, I'm going to get this done today, this, this, and, and be okay and kind of let, you know, let it go at the end of the day so that I can be present with uh, my children and I'm still learning and growing. So, you know, talk to me in a few years. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sure I'll be a whole different person. <laughs> so last question. Uh, is there a really great book that you've read about marketing or business that's helped you to do your job better? Um, my goodness. I think the one, I mean, the, honestly, I have not read very many, but I read lots of little articles online. Um, but I really enjoyed the new rules of marketing and PR, and that helped me kind of cement the idea that influencers are very important and people to cultivate relationships with, and that as what I'm doing, because at that time when I read the book, I was I was doing a lot of the demos, and it was really rewarding. But I realized that I can take that same communications and you know passion for my brand and focus my conversations on influencers. There's a whole other like rabbit hole, but honestly, I've spent a lot of time working with influencers too, and I didn't even talk about that. But I write handwritten letters to Instagrammers and bloggers and I send them coupons and you know I'll email with them at first get their address um, if they're if they have the beans in their local area it's really expensive to ship them so I send VIP coupons and and let them go pick them up at their leisure and I'm I you know it's just kind of like a free gift to them and sometimes we do pay influencers and work with them to v- develop an actual recipe and all of that but um, mostly, you know, we get like little shout outs or they've made it as part of a meal and it's really exciting. We have all this, you know, fun content that we get to share. So I'm not, I don't have the whole, whole burden myself of creating all of our social media content. Um, but I'm working with a really wonderful community and they get a gift from me and then we build a relationship. Um, and I've done some influencer events also so that I can, again, communicate directly with those those people um, and that's been that's been really wonderful and and I'm really grateful um, to the book new rules of marketing and PR to kind of refocus me and remind me that hey you only have so much time in the day so how are you going to use those hours and what's the you know what's the best use of your time right now well that might have to be another episode to have you back on for an interview but that's that's uh, really cool to hear that you guys have, have started tapping that uh, that medium of using influencers and leveraging them. So thank you again so much, Anna. And where can, uh, where can people find out more about better bean co? Uh, you can go to our website, www.betterbeanco.com. And we have recipes, a store finder, um, other information about our ingredients and just our process and bean love. <laughs> um, so that's a great, that's a great resource. And then um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. So please, please follow us on those channels. And we'll be on more soon, working and growing every day. So, um, yeah, I'm just grateful if people check us out and take some beans home and try them. You will be very happy. (laughs) Well, keep up the great work, Hannah. It sounds like you guys are doing some amazing things. And a lot of that is uh, has been your doing. So well, thank you so much, Alex. I really appreciate this opportunity. It's great just to even spend time kind of thinking about my own thoughts and stopping for a while. So it's an awesome experience. And you are sharing invaluable information with people. It's a really amazing project that you've launched. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to Food Marketing Nerds. 
you guys are enjoying the podcast or finding any information helpful to you or your business, we would really, really appreciate it if you could take a quick second to give us your honest feedback in a review on iTunes. Thanks again for tuning in, and I will talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Food Marketing Nerds Podcast. For interview transcripts or to download your free social media ebook, check out foodmarketingnerds.com.